Hey everyone, my name is Iman Chaudhry. And I'm Danielle Solish, and today you're listening to the 24th episode of Seeing Clearly, a pre-clerkship guide to all things ophthalmology. On today's episode, we are excited to be interviewing Dr. Dara Anasanya. So uh, just to introduce Dr. Anasanya, he was born in Lagos, Nigeria, but mainly grew up in Saskatchewan. His hobbies include working out, listening to music, mainly hip-hop and R&B, fashion, film, basketball, and soccer. He completed his medical school at the University of Saskatchewan, and he's now a current University of Manitoba ophthalmology resident in his fourth year of training. So without further ado, we'd like to introduce Dr. Anasanya. Thank you so much for being with us, uh, Dr. Anasanya. I know you have a busy schedule. Um, So we'll just jump straight into the the first question, uh, which is, could you talk a bit about your journey to ophthalmology? Yeah. Um, so from the very beginning of medical school, I, I knew I wanted to be a surgeon. Like I found it out like pretty quickly uh, during our cadaver lab. Um, once I got like my hands on that bone saw, that bone saw and was able to like cut into the thorax, I'm like, yep, I definitely want to do surgery for a living. So then in first year, I just spent my time trying to find out what type of surgery I want to do. So I just ended up shadowing a whole bunch of things, ortho, ops guy um cardiothoracic um and then I found out about ophthalmology a little bit later into the year and um at that time I also realized that I really appreciated being in clinics as well and stuff too and having like um a good relationship and rapport with my patients and just the surgery that you do in ophthalmology is super interesting surgery you know, a lot of it's microscopic surgery and there's a whole bunch of different fields that you can specialize in and a whole bunch of new innovations that are constantly happening in our field. Uh, so around like the end of first year, second, the beginning of second year, I decided that ophthalmology was what I would be interested in doing. And I kind of just stuck with it until I got my spot. Yeah, that's awesome. It's interesting because some people are either like just very interested in the eye or stumble upon it randomly or others, you know, oh, I like surgery and then find it that way. So it's it's definitely very unique, but that's awesome that you found it pretty early on and seems like you had a pretty nice path to ophthalmology. Um, now, switching gears just a little bit more specific, could you tell us a little bit about your experience at the University of Manitoba program right now? Maybe a little bit about how um, your residency structure um, exists or how your residency might be different than others? Yeah, so we have a five-year residency program at the University of Manitoba Ophthalmology. Um, we take one to two residents a year. We're kind of doing like an alternating one, one resident, two-year resident next year kind of thing. Um, I think our program is trying to build up to taking at least two residents a year. Um, I think I was the last year where we only took one one resident a year. Every year before that was only run, one resident. The year after that was when they started um, getting some more funding for a second one. Um, so it's a small program. Um, a lot of the ophthalmologists that train us are community-based. Only a couple are within the hospital. Um, we, we work out mainly at uh, Misericordia Health Center. And then um, in second year, you spend a lot of time in the resident clinic there. And then in your fourth year, you do a lot of surgery in that hospital, cataracts and otherwise. And then when you're in some specialty clinics, you usually 
driving around the city um, at a few different clinics. Um, our program is like relatively newish. Um, actually, the current program director, he just started um, in 2022, but he was the first resident to graduate uh, from the program, I think around 10 years ago or so. Uh, so relatively new program. And um, in Misericordia, in our, in our uh, eye care center, it's like a, it's a pretty, like we set up and design and you know, things pretty, work like pretty well there. And, you know, it's a, it's a good program academically for sure. And I think they focus a lot on really training our residents and less of a focus on um, like service work or, or trying to make sure the residents are seeing X amount of patients, at least early on, so that we get well-trained in that setting. That's awesome. Thank you so much for providing all that insight into the program. You're actually our first guest uh, from the University of Manitoba. So it's really nice to have our listeners uh, know all of that. Uh, so thank you again. Um, drifting away from uh, ophthalmology a little bit, uh, I was wondering if you could talk about some of your extracurricular activities like research or advocacy work that you're involved in and how you um, how you balance that with your with your ophthalmology training. Yeah, so as you guys know, as being medical students, like that's one of like the toughest things to do to balance your extracurriculars and then like your personal life and your social life with, with the medical training that you're going through. Um, for me, um, you know, I've been in medicine now for coming on nine or eight years now. So I, I have a little bit better handle of it. Um, everything's just about prioritizing and scheduling. Like if my phone is like my master scheduler for making sure I'm able to get everything that I have in place and make the appropriate time um, requirements I have for everything. And I always look at my schedule at least a week in advance to know what I have to get done that week. Um, for me, my extracurriculars um, from like an academic standpoint um, at the University of Manitoba, we're expected to do one research project a year. Uh, so that's a mandatory thing that um, I, I'm always working on. Um, and I'm working with Dr. Stockel, who we've had some talks about, and we're, we're doing some research on endophthalmitis. Um, but a lot of research is like working on it and then waiting and then working and waiting. Uh, so currently in that process right now, um, other things like medicine related, um, I'm on quite a few advocacy groups. So I'm the vice president of the um, Black Residents of Canada, which is the subdivision of the Black Physicians of Canada. And I've been in that role for, for I, think, I think I've been pres vice president for about two years now. Um, and then um, there's like the Black Medical Student Association, which actually like started in Manitoba. Um, with a couple of med students that I think were a year below me. Um, so they asked me to help out with events and stuff. So help out with that. And then there's a couple um, like medical student ophthalmology um, programs and stuff that like asked me to help for mentoring. Uh, so I'm involved in that too. And then, you know, I always get like a random DM or like an email about some medical student somewhere who's interested in ophthalmology and someone gave them my contact information. So I was uh, give out a, a little bit of time to talk to them about ophthalmology and 
field any questions that they may ask. And um, yeah, I think that's the majority of things from the academic side. And then I guess the, the other thing that I do that takes up a little bit of time is that I'm on um, a working group or a working committee for the Royal College. Um, it's an accreditation group looking at inter like um like implementing anti-black racism into um, our core curriculum for resident for residency and making it like a roll college standard uh, to make sure there's anti-black racism practices being um, uh, being sought out in each program. Um, yeah, so I think that's everything from an academic side. Sorry if I'm going too long, you can interrupt me. And then just from like a personal side, like you guys said during the intro, I like working out. So I try to do that about four times a week. I used to do it a little bit more, but then I'm like, it wasn't really working and I was getting too big. So I cut that down um, a couple of days and then also remember, hey, you're, you're trying to be an ophthalmologist first, you gotta chill with working out. Um, but no, it's just something that I really enjoy um and it gives me a lot more energy throughout the day it's really good for my mental health and like i feel like it just makes me more confident and like um i don't know kind of just kind of drives up um my indoor things and just allows me to feel like i can attack the day or whatever problem i have so i really enjoy working out and then other stuff is kind of just like hanging out with my friends everybody wants to know when i can going out with them um, like playing video games sometimes, really into film and like really dissecting movies and, and talking about like cinematography and like acting choices and like the actor's process. Um, but yeah, and then I, I just like, I like wearing nice clothes. So I'm always looking out for, for new things to buy and, and different ways I can make sure I look fashionable for clinic. So yeah, that's kind of uh, all I got going on there. That's awesome. Well, maybe you need to make a new brand of something similar to figs, become a token new new clinic clothes. Maybe. Um, maybe. Start um, a fashion blog, just an IG doctor. But I think there's too many of those, to be honest. So it's an <laughs> yeah. saturated market. It's fair. You could make it a little more unique if you needed. Um, but yeah, no, that's all awesome. Clearly, you're extremely involved, like both from an academic standpoint, like all your advocacy work, the work with accreditation is absolutely incredible. And like, I personally am on the same, like, can't wait to see where that goes. Um, and then it's also really important, as you emphasize, to like, do things outside of medicine. And even though it's hard to manage, you clearly are doing an incredible job at that. So thank you for sharing that with our listeners. Um, I guess one thing that you mentioned is that you sometimes take time to talk to people about ophthalmology. So we're going to steal a little bit of that time now and ask the next question, which is, could you just provide some advice for our um, learners and just learners in general, maybe people specifically who are interested in ophthalmology? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, I think my first piece of advice would be just don't do it. Just don't do it. It's not worth it. It's not worth your time. Just quit. No. Um, ophthalmology is great, and there's definitely no other field I'd rather be in. I think it's the best surgical field that allows you to, you know, have enough clinic time and have a real relationship with your family. And I feel also like lifestyle wise, it's it's a lot more appeasing than. Than other uh, surgical specialties, 
Um, and I think there's just in general a lot of upside to doing ophthalmology. So if anyone decides that they like it, I think they're making a really great decision. Um, for me, when I was was thinking about getting into ophthalmology, I think everything in life in general, but especially when you're in medical school trying to get into residency, everything's planning, right? So I, I opened up like a Word document or maybe it was an Apple note. And then I just wrote down like, what do I want out of life, right? I'm in medical school. Like, what do I want my life to look like? What do I want my day-to-day -to, -day to look like? What do I want my clinic to look like? Like, what is important to me? So I wrote those things down and then I just tried to figure out, okay, what specialty gives me the best ability to fulfill all these things I care about. So I eventually came through to ophthalmology. So I suggest that everyone, you know, does that. Like instead of like, you know, and then people are different. Some people like they're like super, super just into um, the medical aspect of the eye or of like um, the heart or the lungs and, and that's important there's enough reason to pursue that specialty but for me I looked more big picture as to like what do I want my life to look like as a whole and then also what am I interested in medically and then try to combine all of that so as long as you I guess the, the main thing is just realizing what's the most important thing to you and then finding what fits that in medicine um, because a lot of people think like oh you're in medical school you're going to be a doctor but you haven't decided anything at that point right like there's so many different things that you can do in medicine and your life can be so different you know like the life of a general surgeon is way different than the life of a psychiatrist right and they both went to medical school so like getting to medical school like you still really haven't decided what you're going to be doing with your life, you know, the only thing you've decided is that they're that they're going to call you doctor instead of Mister or Mrs. Right. Um. So, so that's the main thing for me when I'm talking to medical students, like figuring out what you care about the most and trying to find the discipline uh, that best fits that. And then once you're, if you decide on ophthalmology or whatever you decide on, like I think you you should also work on shadowing a lot. So. Um, that, that was one of the advice that one of my my friends in medical school did. He's like, you know what, I, I think I'm interested in these few specialties. Let me just shadow them a bunch and see which one fits best. And then through that, you're able to kind of zero in more on what you think you would like to do. And then once you've decided on one thing or a couple things, then just go hard, like really just go hard. So, you know, doing any and everything that you can to make yourself a good candidate uh, for ophthalmology. The number one thing is often research, but, you know, doing um, interest groups, uh, having a ophthalmology podcast, you know, all those different things that you can do to put on your CV to, you know, show to a program that you really do care about ophthalmology. Um, and then, you know, uh, other than shadowing, um, by doing that, you get good relationships with the residents and with the staff, and it's important to make good relationships with both of them. And then, you know, around the time that you're 
doing electives, you know, you've created their rapport, the residents are talking and they do talk about all the medical students and, you know, they can have a good idea of who you are and some of them may even like you if you're lucky. And then, you know, because you've been working with staff for a little bit of time, you've been shadowing, they can write a little bit more to your work ethic on a reference letter, especially if you've also been doing research with them. So instead of just having a generic uh, letter of reference, you can have a pretty strong one because you've put in the time and the effort. Um, so I, I would say you should do that for anything that you decide on, but especially um, for more competitive things like ophthalmology. And as far as I know, it just keeps on getting more competitive. Everything keeps on getting more competitive. So that would be my my advice. And, and um, around the time of CARMS, making sure you're doing good interview prep um what i did is i kind of me and my friend we created a list of i don't know 20 some questions that were really broad questions that we thought that most people would ask and then created kind of like a template of answers for what we would have for each different question and then literally when i was doing interviews like if they didn't ask those exact questions they asked the small variation of it so I kind of already had a template for an answer so I wasn't doing a lot of umming on eyeing and I was able to create like pretty good thoughtful answers because like I thought very broadly about like big themes that interviewers are bound to ask so that was absolutely <laughs> that's my absolutely long incredible advice um like I'm going to go back and replay that and then do all those things. Um, so thank you so, so much for for sharing that with um, all of our learners. I think it'll be really, really helpful for people in all stages, whether they're interested in ophthalmology or not. I think uh, it's super applicable. So thank you so much. Um, with that question, though, we're kind of we've wrapped up our ophthalmology related questions and we'll move into our, our next segment, which is our would you rather uh, section of the episode. Uh, to get to know you a little bit better. So <clears throat> our first question is, would you rather go a year without dessert or have to eat a spoonful of wasabi every single day? Well, definitely a year without dessert. Like I don't need those ex extra calories. Like uh, that would be good. I'll get into the, like, like even, like I'll get into really good shape. Like I think that would be good. Yeah, I think that's a very yeah. easy answer. I don't even think I could tolerate a spoonful of wasabi every single day. Yeah, no. I mean, I feel like you would just get used to it after some time, but you'd still just hate your life. You yeah. know? <laughs> yeah, no, for, for health reasons. Yeah, we, we should have known you were going to give that answer after we spoke about your working out. So <laughs> that's fair. Maybe this one will be a little bit more challenging. Would you rather always have a full phone battery or a full tank of gas? Are you kidding me? Like a full tank of gas? You know how expensive gas is right now? Like I just paid for gas yesterday. It was like $110. Like it wasn't like that when I was 17. When I was 17, I could like fill up my tank with like legit $60 of gas. Like it's almost double now. Like no, no question. Like yeah, full tank at all times. You, we got to pick some harder questions, Daniel. Yeah. That's, that's an easy one. That's an easy one. Yeah, honestly, for the pure monetary value, for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, well, with that, we've uh, we've wrapped up our episode. Sorry, next time we'll we'll try and pick some some better <laughs> questions. 
Um, but uh, to our listeners, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Seeing Clearly, which is our pre-clerkship guide to all things ophthalmology. And to stay caught up with everything else iCurriculum is doing, be sure to check out our website at www.icurriculum.com and to follow us on social media at iCurriculum. And thank you, Dr. Anasanya, for being with us here today and for answering all of our questions. Yeah, no problem, guys. That was really fun. Appreciate it.